Hello, and welcome to Scribe Count, the podcast. I'm Philippa Werner, and I'll be your host. Today's topic, work-life balance, is one I expect we'll revisit often. We seem to be approaching a larger cultural reckoning in how we deal with it, for one thing. For another, it's deeply important to me on a personal level, for several reasons. The first is that I've watched several amazing artists across multiple disciplines, but mainly indie authors, burn out spectacularly, many at around the same time. When I first started as an independent author, I had a piece of art in my office that said hustle in gold foiled lettering. That one word encapsulated my belief that I could do almost anything if I could just buckle down harder for more hours. I don't think the first part was wrong. But the second part was deeply flawed. That piece of artwork is no longer up. You see, I think many of us hear, on a subconscious level, that art comes from suffering. That suffering is integral to the creation of art. And I really don't believe that's true. Not at all. I believe that suffering informs art, certainly. But I do not believe that the creation of great art requires suffering. In the writing, in the painting, in the sculpting. Nor do I believe something else that many of us hear in all areas of life, that our worth as an artist, or an employee, or a parent, a spouse, comes from how hard we push ourselves in that area, and how much we sacrifice from other parts of our life. And if you ask why these things are so important to me, well, my own absolute determination to work as hard as I could harder than anyone else, to push beyond the warning signs my body and mind were giving me, has nearly killed me. That's not hyperbole. There were multiple trips to the emergency room. And it didn't just happen once, or twice, but three times. I can be a very slow learner. One of the main things we're here to do in this podcast, from picking guests to picking topics, is to help new authors skip some of the time-consuming and ultimately unnecessary experiences that we ourselves have been through. And while I think you'll all go through some struggles with work-life balance, I'd really, really love it if not one single person listening to this ever made themselves as unhealthy as I did. It's not an experience that anyone really needs. So without any further ado, let's tackle work-life balance as an independent author. a few weeks to get this podcast out, because I invariably got to it after working late, late, late into the evening, and then it felt disingenuous to record a podcast on work-life balance. On the other hand, I suppose that's one of my main points today. You won't always nail it. Sometimes you'll have the perfect balance, and then some months you'll have drastically too little in the way of sleep or decompression time. Other months where it feels like you can't manage to get your butt in the chair and write at all for any bribe you give yourself. One of the particular problems in the indie author world, however, is that there are just so many moving parts to manage. Not just the writing, but the edits, the cover art, the advertising, the bookkeeping, the multi-author projects, the social media posts, the audiobooks, the translations... And any and all of these can easily consume your available brain space. Or, 
through the sheer number of tasks, exhaust you before you've even started one of them. Man, I sure hope you're going somewhere with this, you say. And I am, don't worry. I'm not just here to bum you out. If I thought this enterprise was doomed to failure, I wouldn't be hosting this podcast. I'd be off trying to find a new career, perhaps as a professional chocolate taster. But to start off with, I'm going to make some assumptions about you, the listener, so we can move onwards together. The first is that you're not going to give up writing. Maybe it's what pays the bills, or maybe it's what sets your heart on fire, in hopefully a good way. Whatever the reason, you're going to keep writing. The second is that at some point in this writing endeavor, you've looked around at the sheer number of tasks you were doing, the amount of work, the number of items on the list, details, the number of hours you'd spent learning what those to-do list items even needed to be, and you were overwhelmed by the necessity of fitting all of those things into the amount of time that exists in the world. The third assumption is that at some points, you've been so tired and overwhelmed that you've wondered if all of this is for you. It doesn't matter how successful you've been, it is just too hard sometimes. The fourth assumption is that, given that you're listening to this podcast and that you are a human being, I'm going to assume that you've had trouble with work-life balance. So I'm going to let you in on a property of the universe that applies to running a business and also applies to gases and planning weddings. It will expand to fit whatever space you give it. If you give yourself two years to plan a wedding, you will be no less stressed than if you give yourself four months. Same thing with running a business. If you devote six hours instead of four to your business, you will somehow still have the same number of leftover to-do list items at the end of each week. And, if you're like me, you unconsciously signed over every waking moment when you started doing this, so that you've begun to feel vaguely dissatisfied, annoyed with yourself when you're not working. After all, there's always something you should be doing, right? Or learning, or reading, or learning to do better, or fine-tuning, or any number of things. When I was a preteen, My mom let me in on a secret. She told me that the main lesson of college wasn't the things you were there to study. It was that it was impossible to get every task done well or even done at all. That college was made to be so overwhelming that you had to prioritize or you would just sink. Running a business is a lot like that. So here's my first piece of advice about work-life balance. Stop driving yourself to sickness trying to become efficient enough to get it all done. Stop telling yourself that you could do it all if you could just buckle down a little bit longer, get up a little bit earlier, work in better sprints. Because you won't get that for the long run. Sure, some weeks or months you will. Absolutely. I've never met a more determined, awe-inspiringly productive group of people than independent authors. And with that assessment in mind, I'd like you to ask yourself the following question. When things slide out of balance, is it actually me that's failing to get everything done? Or is it the fact that I am asking too much of myself? Work-life balance is possible. I believe that. Sure, sometimes you'll swing out of whack. But I believe that you, 
yes, you, can spend the rest of your writing career relatively near that ideal balance point. Here's the catch. First, you must be ruthless about which pieces of your business need to be done and which need to be done by you. And then you have to be aware enough to see when things are sliding out of place. So let's look at which components of an indie author business exist. There's content creation, research, administration, and marketing. Let's start with content creation. Books need to get written. There's really no way around this one. Some people write their own books. Some people have help with certain aspects of plotting. Some people hire ghostwriters. Whatever the case, it needs to get done. Can't sell books if you don't have books. Second aspect is research. Research on genres and tropes, taking writing courses, learning about running a business, marketing tutorials, etc. The third is administration. Books need to get somewhere that people can buy them. There are also technical issues, formatting, bank accounts, business registration, taxes, managing contractors, all of the things you have to do in order to keep the business running. Lastly, marketing. Covers, blurbs, advertising, social media, all of the things that get your book in front of your target readers. For your business, write out the individual tasks that must be completed in each column. Content creation, research administration, sorry, research, administration, and marketing. Note down how much time they take and what results they've produced. Ask yourself if the task is essential. Ask yourself if you need to be the one who does it. Often, your knee-jerk reaction will be to insist that you must be the one who completes a certain task. But equally often, this is not the case. Think creatively. Ask yourself if there's a way that someone else could do one of the given tasks. Don't worry too much yet about the cost of outsourcing them. Just think creatively. Once you've got a list of tasks, categorize them by time, by how essential they are, and whether or not you must be the one to do them. Now you'll have a much better idea of how to structure your time. You can begin to plan your weeks and months with a better idea of how many working hours you will need to spend. You can make better release date estimates. You'll know immediately which tasks can slide and which cannot when something unexpected comes up. You can look at outsourcing specific tasks. Now, instead of the looming specter of all the work you need to do and all the things you're behind on, you have something quantifiable that you can work with. Your solutions will be unique to you and your business, but the first step is always quantifying the problem. Think about free weights for a moment. When you're using free weights, your goal isn't so much to have the weight at the top of the arc as it is to do the work of getting it there. It'll be the same way with bringing yourself back to balance, whether you've been doing too much or too little. Your goal is to bring yourself back to the correct place, and that is a skill you will get stronger at the more you use it. The skill you must cultivate above all others is that, the skill of course correcting. To see that things have wandered off and multiplied like a herd of little task bunnies, and to get everything back in its lane by handing those tasks off to the correct person, or getting rid of some of those task bunnies entirely. 
Sorry, bunnies. Back to the ether with you. You need a plan. And you need it because bad swings are inevitable. They don't diminish the work you've done to get better before. And they aren't necessarily anyone's fault. Internal and external factors will collide like waves of different heights and trajectories. You will get knocked off course. No amount of planning you do now can keep that from happening. But having a plan means that you can pick yourself up and dust yourself off more quickly. Get that free weight back to the top of the arc. The secrets of work-life balance, therefore, are thus. You can't do everything. That's the first rule, and it's the most important one. The second is that not everything needs to be done at all, not even just by you. Not everything needs to be done. You'll get a better handle on seeing which things these are, sometimes by accident when they slide and you only realize later that you didn't do them and the world didn't end. The third is that in order to decide what to do, you must quantify which tasks are on your plate. The fourth is that you will always need to keep an eye on your work-life balance and guide it back to center. The fifth is to develop a plan for when you feel things starting to slide out of control. This plan will involve looking at your workload, assessing tasks by time and necessity, and making a plan to get things back on track. You'll come up with your own version of these secrets as you continue in your writing career, and they'll change over time. The important thing is not to feel like a failure when things get out of whack. It happens to everyone. That's the end of this week's topic, one I assure you will revisit. You can find a blog version of this podcast on our website. Over the next few weeks, We'll be covering topics such as hiring virtual assistants and other contractors, and also doing analysis of what aspects of the business need to be done for your ideal writing career. Stay tuned, and you can contact us at scribecount.com to send in questions or feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.